The Bible verse I'll be reading is Mark 15, 1-20. Jesus before Pilate. Very early in the morning, the chief priest, with the elders, the teachers of the law, and the whole Sanhedrin made their plans. So they bound Jesus, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate. Are you king of Jews? asked Pilate. You have said so, Jesus replied. The chief priest accused him of many things. So again, Pilate asked him, Aren't you going to answer? See how many things they're accusing you of? But Jesus still made no reply, and Pilate was amazed. Now it was the custom at the festival to release a prisoner whom the people requested. A man called Barabbas was in prison with the insurrectionist who had committed a murder in the uprising. The crowd came up and asked Pilate to do for them what he usually did. Do you want me to release to you the king of Jews? asked Pilate, knowing it was out of self-interest that the chief priest had handed Jesus over to him. But the chief priest stirred up the crowd to have Pilate release Barabbas instead. What shall I do then with the one you call king of Jews? Pilate asked them. Crucify him, they shouted. Why? What crime has he committed? asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder. Crucify him. Wanting to satisfy the crowd, Pilate released Barabbas to them. He had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. The soldiers mocked Jesus. The soldiers led Jesus away into the palace, that is, the praetorium, and and called together the whole company of soldiers. They put a purple robe on him and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on him. And they began to call out to him, Hail, King of Jews! Again and again they struck him on the head with a staff and spit on him. Falling on their knees, they paid homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him out to crucify him. Well, thank you, uh, Katie, for reading the scripture for us. Cynthia, Trey, Oscar, uh, Joe, who's going to have us on later. For everybody who's helping lead us in worship today, even though we are socially distanced from one another, I'm grateful that we can use all of our creative gifts in this way. And so uh, if you're watching and worshiping with us, we'd love for you to say thank you to those people in the comments. And if you did just join us, uh, we are live here this Sunday morning on April 5th. Uh, as we've gathered together for worship. Let us know who you are, where you're from. And, uh, you know, each week our worship's looking a little bit different because we're in this season where we're, we're trying to figure all of this out together. We're all doing new things and establishing new routines. And uh, this week, you know, I'm trying to figure out my new routine now that I'm home all the time. And, and one of the, the aspects of my routine is that now I watch the news each day. And uh, so if you've been watching the news at all, you know that 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 things are moving uh, very quickly. So on on Monday, which seems like a long time ago now, the president said, hey, we need you to social distance from one another until April 30th. And that was a little bit of a shock to our system. And then on Wednesday, I know students and kids, you all had the great shock of the year when you learned that you're not going to go back to school uh, together this school year. And uh, we had the stay-at-home order. So that, that was a little surprising. And then uh, Thursday, we saw the unemployment numbers. And, and so there's, there's been a lot of, of bad news going on. And there's a fine line, and, you know, I'm trying to walk it between being informed on the one hand and just being saturated in the negativity on another. So I don't know if, if you're watching the news at all, but I've been trying to walk that line. But one interesting thing has been taking place pretty much on every news station. And that is that in the midst of all of the bad news that, that they're having to relay to us, which is just part of our times, each news station is now doing a segment where they kind of try to give some good news or give a little bit of hope or light in the midst of darkness. And so this week I was watching the news and uh, I heard a news story uh, about a 72-year-old man 
named Don Giuseppe Baradelli. Now, I just completely butchered that name because I don't speak Italian, but that, that's the best I could do in, in my Southern dialect. Don Giuseppe Baradelli. And Don uh, lived in Casnillo, Italy, where he served as a parish priest to a Catholic parish for many, many years. And uh, he was known around the community for being kind of a vivacious guy. I got a little a little picture of him here. Uh, he rode a motorcycle, you know, and he was known for just being filled with joy in the community. And he really spent his life uh, trying to become more and more like Jesus, which is our calling uh, for all of us as Christians. And so um, throughout his life, this has been his journey. And in early March, he was diagnosed with COVID-19. He had the coronavirus and uh, he was in a situation where he had to have a ventilator. And so his church uh, rose up to the occasion and they, they pitched together funds, the news story said, and they bought him a ventilator. Uh, but, but what happened after that is that he was so sick, he kind of knew the ventilator uh, wasn't necessarily going to be a huge help to him. And so Don, in his final days of life, made the sacrificial decision to give up his ventilator, knowing that he might die. He chose to give it up to someone younger than him, knowing that he might die so that they could live. Let that sink into you. He gave up his ventilator, knowing that he might die so that someone else might live. And this week, that news story has been the one in the midst of all of the bad news and the good news that has really stuck close to my heart. And it's stuck close to my heart because as we've been studying the life of Jesus and following him on this journey to the cross and through Easter, uh, Don's decision in, in a small way reflected the even greater and the even more sacrificial decisions that Jesus has made for you and for me. And so this week, I mean, I've been reading about the final week of Jesus's life. And as we go through the final week of his life, I mean, he enters on Palm Sunday, but then so many events take place in the last week of his life. I encourage you this week to, to get in your Bibles, to read about these days of this final week before he's crucified. But, but I mean, at one point he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, and maybe you remember this story. He's there praying and he prays to God a prayer like most of us would probably pray. He says, God, if, if there's any way that this cup of suffering can pass from me. Let it, let it be done another way. But then he makes a decision to say this to God, but God, not my will, but your will be done. And then after that, uh, soon he's seized by uh, some guards and they arrest him. And he has another decision to make. Is he going to fight with, with weapons? Is he going to call down an uh, army of angels or do any of that stuff? But he decides not to. He decides not to fight like the world fights. He decides instead to go with them. And then he's brought before this group of religious leaders called the Sanhedrin. And they have witnesses who are just making up stories about him and all this kind of stuff. And instead of defending himself or shouting or begging, he's silent. And they condemn him to death. And then after all of this stuff takes place, really in like the last 24 hours of his life before he's crucified, we find Jesus at the house of a man named Pilate, which Katie read for us just a moment ago so well. And so finally, we find Jesus in front of not, not a religious group of leaders anymore, but a Roman ruler 
named Pilate. Now you might be wondering, okay, you know, he's been before the Sanhedrin. Why is he now going before Pilate, right? He kind of keeps going before all these people. And the reason for this is because while these religious leaders had condemned him to death, in the Roman area, they weren't allowed to put people to death through things like crucifixion. The Roman state reserved that right for themselves because they wanted people to know who was in charge. They wanted people to know that they had the authority to kill other people and to make them suffer and die. They wanted to let them know that they were the rulers of the area. And so Jesus is brought before Pilate and uh, the religious leaders, they knew that Pilate wouldn't really care that Jesus was charged with blasphemy because what, what do the Romans care? And so they, they said, you know what? He's not just committing blasphemy. He's claiming to be king of the Jews. And now this got Pilate's attention a little bit because there can only be one king in a kingdom. And they said, look, he, he's, he's leading an insurrection, a rebellion against you and the Romans. He, he's trying to take over and, and be this triumphant king, right? I mean, last week on Palm Sunday, people were cheering and, and saying, look, here comes the king. And so they, they say this to Pilate and, and Pilate asks him, he says, look, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus basically remained silent. And that actually got Pilate's attention because this was odd for him. He was usually the last stop before death. And so for someone not to beg for their life or to beg for mercy, he knew that Jesus was no normal person. But he knew there were some normal things he had to do because there was a, a huge crowd in front of him. And he knew that the normal thing to do during this time of the year, during the Passover, was to release one prisoner to the people kind of as a gift, as a token to them to keep the peace during the season. And so Pilate, I mean, he, he, he's like, look, you know what? Uh, of course they don't want Jesus. Or of course they're going to want Jesus because they don't want Barabbas. They don't want this other killer there. And so he says, hey, do you want me to release Jesus to you? And the people say no. People say, no, no, we don't want Jesus. We want this other guy. And, and this other guy, his name is Barabbas. And you know, if you're a kid or student, you probably haven't heard many sermons on him. He doesn't show up in many like Bible character books because he is someone that you do not want to be like, okay? Uh, Barabbas was a guy who was a known murderer. He had hurt people. He had led a rebellion. He was a rough and tumble character. And under Roman law, I mean, he was rightfully one who should be crucified under their laws and their customs. And so Pilate's like, well, of course they're going to want uh, to release Jesus. But the people say, no, 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 give us Barabbas and instead crucify Jesus. Which was astounding to Pilate, but he wanted to satisfy the people, right? I mean, this is a mob and you know if you've ever been in like a mob mentality kind of thing. So he, he releases Barabbas to them. Barabbas, a guilty man, goes free. And Jesus, an innocent man, is condemned to death. And so we learn he's not just condemned to any kind of death, but death on a cross, crucifixion, public, painful, humiliating. I mean, it was the worst kind of death in their day. And so they lead Jesus off to be flogged, which is to be whipped with like a cat of nine tails with, with shards of pottery and glass in it. He's led off to a place called Golgotha, the place of the skull, where ultimately he would give up his life. And if you're familiar with the Bible, 
one of the things you might notice is that we really never hear about Barabbas again. Barabbas, this guy who just seeming randomly shows up in, in this Bible story, we never hear about him again. We don't know if when he, he got out into the crowd, he thanked the crowd and he just fell at his knees and just thanked them for their mercy and for giving him this new lease on life. We don't know if he really transformed his life because now that he'd been set free, maybe he said, you know what, I'm going to live differently now. Or we don't know if he continued to go out and to hurt people. The Bible doesn't really tell us. But in the movie, The Passion of the Christ, maybe you've seen this movie, uh, they give us kind of a glimpse or an interpretation of what might be taking place. Uh, here's Barabbas in, in the movie. And uh, this week, I, I encourage you to, to watch the movie if uh, your, your family is of age and it'd be appropriate for you. But I encourage you to watch this movie and to reflect on, on Jesus's passion and his death. And it's in this film that in this scene where Barabbas here is released, he at one point looks back to Jesus just in a tiny moment, and he has a look of recognition. It's almost like he knows that this innocent man is dying in his place. And in the movie, he doesn't say thank you. He doesn't kiss Jesus's feet or anything like that. Instead, he just goes on to the crowd. And it's in this moment of the movie that, that we, people who've seen it before, or we people who, who know how this story ends, we know something that Barabbas doesn't know. We know that it wasn't actually the crowd who set Barabbas free, but instead it was the love of Jesus that set Barabbas free. We know that, that all of these things, they weren't just happening to Jesus like he was a passive spectator. We know that Jesus knew that this was the path for him, and he willingly chose it as he said to God, not my will, but your will be done. We know that Jesus, yes, he's going to go to the cross, and he's going to die on the cross, and people are going to mock him, and he's going to suffer, but we know that he chose to do all of these things for us out of great love for you and for me. And here on this platform where we have Pilate, Barabbas, and Jesus, I mean, here we really see the gospel on full display. And gospel is simply a word that means good news. And here we see the good news of Jesus Christ on full display. And my friend J.D. Walt, he says the good news of Jesus Christ can be summarized in three words, me for you me for you. Because in this moment on this platform, Jesus says, Barabbas, me for you. I'm willing to lay down my life so that you can have life. I'm willing to take the punishment that you deserve upon myself so that you can be set free. Because I love you so much, I'm willing to lay down my life for you and for the sake of the world. Jesus on the platform that day, he says, me for you. And really Barabbas, if you think about it, is the very first sinner that Jesus died for. But the good news is that he didn't just die for a man named Barabbas. He also died for sinners like you and like me. And so I need to share with you some bad news for a moment. And uh, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but uh, sometimes you have to know the bad news before you can really know the good news. And, and, and the bad news, before we can really understand and comprehend the depth of the good news of Jesus Christ, 
and his love for you and for me. The bad news is that you and I, we are, we're sinners. We're sinners like Barabbas. We have fallen short of God's standards for us. I mean, yeah, we were created beautifully and we were created good in God's image and we are capable of beautiful and amazing things. And we're seeing some of those things come out during the season. But at the same time, we're also capable of great evil. And we're capable and we have done very harmful things, breaking our relationship with God and breaking our relationships with other people. I mean, I don't know about you, but I mean, I set standards for myself that I try to live up to and I can't even meet my own standards. And and I also know that I constantly fail to meet God's standards and other people's standards because God's standards, like we talked about a few weeks ago, are that we love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we love our neighbors as ourselves. And, And I've failed to live up to those things. And uh, my guess is you have too. And if you're not sure, uh, you can just ask the people who are sitting around you or or text a friend because uh, this is one of those provable doctrines of Christianity that we've all sinned in God's eyes. We've all broken relationships with him and one another. And now here's the thing about sin. When when sin happens, there's something inside of us that, that cries out for justice. And we want people to be brought to justice. And a lot of times we will actually want punishment to take place. I mean, I remember when I was living in Durham a few years ago, well, many years ago now when I was in seminary, when I was a young lad, uh, there I lived in a house with five other students. And one day our house got broken into and and the, 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 the robber stole all of our laptops. And uh, we cried out for justice. We were very angry. We were very upset, and so we called the police, and the police said there wasn't a lot they could do. And then a year later, it's likely the same person came and robbed our house again, took everything. And I didn't have a lot of uh, valuables at that time, but I had a safe. I had a safe with all of the mementos and things that I wanted to carry with me throughout life. And the robbers took the safe, and again, there was no justice, but something in me wanted them to be punished and to be brought to justice. And this is something that happens to all of us, right? I mean, when you see an animal being abused, when you see a child being hurt, when you see people wronging one another, we we want justice to take place. But here's the thing, a lot of times when it comes to us and our own sin and the ways we've wronged other people and the ways we've wronged God, we don't think there needs to be any justice or punishment. But, but the truth is there does. And Paul tells us that in Romans, uh, the wages, the, the, the punishment for sin is death. It's a a physical death and it's a spiritual death. It's a separation from God and brokenness and our relationships with other people. I mean, that's the bad news. Paul says, look, the wages of sin is death, but the good news is what we saw on the platform with Jesus, Barabbas, and Pilate. The good news that we've been following during this season with Jesus's life is that God in the person of Jesus Christ loved you He loved me. He loved Barabbas. He loved the world so much that he emptied himself. He stepped into this world. He lived a perfect life, a righteous life. He loved God. He loved other people fully. He lived and then he died. He died and through his death, he took the punishment that we deserve for our sin upon himself so that we could be forgiven like Barabbas, so that we could be set free, so that we could have a new life. Jesus did all of that out of love for you and for me. God in Jesus Christ says, me for you. 
because I love you so much, I'm willing to lay down my life so that you can have life. That's the good news of the gospel that we remember during this season, especially during this Holy Week as we reflect on Jesus's passion. And you might be familiar with one of the most famous verses in the Bible. Uh, it's John 3.16. And uh, this verse reminds us of this good news regarding Jesus and what God has done for us and for our salvation. And so uh, I'd love for you, this might be weird, but I'd love for you to read it out loud with me right now um, and with everybody who, who's sitting with you, worshiping with you. And so let's read it together. John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. In this verse, we're, we're reminded of the good news of what God has done for us. But we also see here in this verse the response that's required of us. Because you see, this gift that, that God has for us, this gift of forgiveness, this gift of a new life, this gift of a relationship with Him now and in eternity, it's, it's like any gift. It has to be received and taken hold of by us. And so in this verse, we see how to do that. We see that, that we do that through belief, by believing in Jesus. And what does that mean? I mean, that means believing that Jesus was who he said he was. He was the Messiah, the anointed one, the true king sent into this world for us. It means believing that Jesus laid down his very life for you and for me. It means believing that God loves you so much that he laid down his very life for you, for me, and for the entire world so that we might have life. And all of that happens. We, we take hold of all of those, those gifts that he wants to give us through belief in him. And now, uh, you know, this isn't, this isn't uh, the most fancy message or complicated message. This is a very simple gospel message. And it's a message that I heard when I was a kid at a summer camp many years ago. One night a counselor basically shared this gospel message with me, that it's me for you, that Jesus laid down his life for me, that he died, not just for the world's sins, but for my sins. And the counselor said, hey, look, if you want to respond by believing tonight, you can do so through prayer. And so that night I prayed. And ever since that day, my life hasn't been the same. Ever since that day, I've known that God is with me. I've known that God forgives me for anything, uh, no matter what I do, that his forgiveness is available to me. And I've known that I have no fear of death. In this season, in past seasons, in the future, I have no fear of death because I know that even in death, I will be with God because of Jesus Christ and what he's done for me. And so my life was transformed by this simple truth and by what Jesus has done. And, and this morning, maybe it's that time for your life to be transformed as well. And so in, in just a moment, I'm going to give you the opportunity to respond and I know that uh, many of you watching, you've responded to this message before, right? I mean, this is a message we hear every Easter as we look at the cross and as we look at Jesus's resurrection. A lot of us have heard throughout our lives, Jesus died for our sins. And so maybe you have believed before, you're walking with Jesus. And, and this morning, maybe your response is just, just simply say to him, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for laying down your life for me and remembering that even now he continues to forgive you. He has broken the power of canceled sin and he wants to give you new life even now. So maybe 
uh, you need to just say thank you this morning. But maybe there, there's somebody here. Maybe it's just one person. Maybe uh, you've heard this message about Jesus many times, but maybe you were like me at camp. I mean, I had heard about Jesus growing up at vacation Bible school, and my family taught me about him. But there was something that night at camp that, that struck my heart differently. And maybe this morning in the midst of the coronavirus 2020, maybe maybe things are, are hitting you differently this morning and you want to say, uh, Jesus, I believe. I believe and I want you in my life. I want forgiveness. I want assurance that, that I'll be with you forever. And I, I want a different life now because I'm tired of the life I'm living. And in this season of new things, I, I want this new gift as well. And so if that's you this morning, I'm going to, I'm going to lead us in prayer. And, uh, I'd love for you to just, just say to Jesus, I, I believe in you. And so, uh, no matter who you are, where you're watching from, whether you've believed in the past or whether this was your first time, uh, I want to invite you to, to say this prayer aloud with me in your household, with the people who are watching with you. I want to invite us to pray this together this morning. And so if you would uh, proclaim this out loud, Jesus, thank you for loving me and for dying on the cross for me. I'm sorry for the things that I've done wrong in my life. And I want to turn away from those things and make a brand new start. Today, I receive your gift of forgiveness. I put my trust in what you did on the cross for me. And I ask you, please come and fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me follow Jesus all the days of my life. You died for me. I want to live for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, this morning, if uh, if you prayed that prayer, maybe you feel like you're believing for the first time, we'd love, we'd love to know. Let us know in the comments so we can celebrate with you or send us a note through the Connect card online. Uh, because we believe that believing is just the beginning. It's just the beginning of a relationship with Jesus. And we want to help you on that journey of faith and as you continue. And if during this season, uh, hearing this message and reflecting on, on God's grace for you and his love for you, if God's been at work in your life, we'd love to hear as well how God's speaking to you during this season, how he's transforming you. Uh, because we're a church body. And even though we're disconnected, uh, we're here for one another. And we want to lift each other up. And so uh, during this week, we're going to be helping you uh, reflect on Jesus' sacrifice further. This is just the beginning. And so we're going to be sending out uh, a thing through email called Holy Week at Home. And uh, if you're not on our email list, go on our website, sign up for our email list, because we're going to give you some practical ways in your household this week that you can continue to reflect on Jesus' sacrifice what he's done for you, and you can continue to grow in faith and belief uh, because we love you and God loves you too. And we want you to know that love. And uh, don't forget next week, we're going to gather together for Easter at 1030 a.m. We want you to invite friends. And um, this morning, as we wrap up our time of worship together, uh, Joe Watkins is going to lead us in a song from Isaiah chapter 53. Uh, a song that is based upon the prophecies about Jesus and how he would suffer and how he would die for you and for me out of his great love for us. So we love you. God loves you. And we hope this song is a blessing for you as we go throughout this week.